0: All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Freedom First live stream and podcast. Today, I'm here with a very politically active guy who is is for a long, long time been fighting for civil liberties, almost exclusively in the vaping industry. I've been following him more and more during this pandemic. He speaks his mind. He carries a very heavy skepticism for our governor. I think that would be fair to say. He is the CEO of Benevolent E-Liquids, the executive director for the Coalition for a Tobacco-Free America. Please welcome Vic Canestrato. Uh, how are you, Vic?
1: Doing good, brother. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. And I do want to let the viewers know, both Vic and I have small children. So please appreciate that during this <laughs> broadcast. Um, <laughs> Vic, you, you and I have both been soldiers in, in a battle like this before. You and I, I mean, we've been fighting the vaping flavor ban fight for a long time. And we still are when it comes to the vaping industry. And we've been fighting for our rights. Uh, you, on the other hand, and I hope you take this as a compliment, uh, you were leading that charge back in October. You were practically the cavalry that came in and saved us from Cuomo's red right hand. Uh, for everyone listening from home, what what exactly was going on over the summer with the vaping industry or the vape war, as I should call it, uh, that I or everyone else listening right now might not be aware about?
1: Well, back in May, we had a uh, we had a. Um, a major issue with people using the vitamin E acetate laced uh, marijuana in pod, um, which, by the way, were called vapor products by the media, and um, the vast majority of media just took this story and ran with it that all vapor products were killing people, and uh, you know for for a, a vast majority of us in the, uh, the advocacy ring of vaping identified right away that this had nothing to do with nicotine that it was strictly you know uh, marijuana products black market marijuana products and we desperately tried to bring that to the attention of the the mainstream but it it just fell upon deaf ears they didn't want to hear it they had an agenda to push that was going to be sensational and that's what the media likes the sensation and they ran with it right right to the end um it, it wasn't until the cdc and the uh fda had acknowledged that it was in fact vitamin e acetate um that took- they kind of backed off of it and and i say kind of because there was there's still people to this day that are you know saying that you know electronic cigarettes kill that uh, yeah. that has been the message that has been driven home and we we fought that you know um
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: wasn't myself i'd love to take all credit uh I, I i'm just a a small player in a large school of fish and yeah. uh The lead shark on that was the VTA, the Vapor Technology Association. Um, They came in um, and truly, there's no way we could have achieved what we did in New York State without the aid of the VTA.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this isn't the, you know, just to touch on that a little bit, when we're talking about coronavirus and what he's doing right now with everything, I guess we can circle everything into that. This is not the first time he's taken advantage of a public health crisis to further his political agenda. Um, just for everybody listening again, how long has this vendetta against you and our industry been going on and why do you think he's been so focused on it?
1: You know, it's, it's pretty simple in my mind. Um, you know, I've been fighting for advocacy for seven years. I I've been in this industry for over a decade. And, you know, when we first started up, the media came around, they looked at it, they talked to our customer base. Um, They looked at the scientific evidence that was around, and I mean, I can go back, I want to say it's been about six years ago, seven years ago, Drexel University was one of the first major uh, universities and schools, education, in the education system that had done some pretty extensive uh, research on the product and had determined that it was in fact much. They didn't put a a 95% number the way the, the Royal College of Physicians did in Great Britain. But mm. they put it right up there that this was at least uh, you know, I think it was half or seventy five percent safer. and and the more studies that came along, you know, just reaffirmed that truth. and uh, at the end that of the day you know the the governor here in this state is has a serious problem with a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the reality is is that our our budget is. Uh, it's losing money. I mean, be- between the special programs that the governor loves to run and I applaud him, I'm, I'm all about giving to the public, giving to society, helping your fellow man. It is the very root of everything that I have. But at the same time, being a father, being a business owner, being a good citizen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can't starve myself and expect to help anyone because if right. I die, I can't feed my children. I can't right. feed my household. If, if I go without So I got to make sure I get enough to survive, to be able to in turn, help my family survive. Um, The governor's loves to give stuff away. And um, at the same time has been losing revenue because e-cigarettes, vapor products, whatever you want to call it came out and it worked. I mean, this is the first product that actually worked to reduce or completely negate people from smoking cigarettes. And you know, I'm in New York here. I mean, I'm in Western New York, it's about, $11 Eleven dollars a pack for a pack of cigarettes in the city, yeah. New York City, it's fifteen dollars a pack.
0: Yeah. Of
1: which, all of that revenue is is tax. I mean, the the pack of cigarettes itself only costs about a dollar fifty.
0: Mm-hmm. You got
1: a dollar fifty product that costs ten dollars because of all the added taxes added onto it.
0: Yeah, it's insane. We're,
1: we're we're taking people out of that pool, you know. So we're six billion in the hole right now in New York State. I would attribute at least fifty percent of that to, to us helping people quit smoking.
0: Right. So in, in the last four years, I mean, I've been vaping for four years. And just for everybody listening, I used to smoke a pack of parliaments every day. Um, and I, I, I once I, turned, I got turned on to vaping through uh, I, for the company that I work for now, unique e-cigs. Um, and I, I, before I was working for this company, I was a customer for the company. And for these four years, uh, I, I've, I seemingly, you know, this this. Right now, after fighting this for so long, it, it's seemingly just another opportunity to gain massive support from the legislature to put an end to vaping once for all. Would, would you agree that that is exactly what? Like he used it for. He did. He used the coronavirus budget for other things. But um, do you, Would you agree that he used this crisis to further that pet project and many others?
1: One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, we have a governor that has deceived his constituency. Yeah. Hold on. We, 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 are, we have been a solution for a public health crisis that has waged war on 1,500 lives uh, uh, in this country every day of the year. Mm-hmm. We have waged a war against that that crippling death toll by introducing a product that actually works. Listen, the CDC's own studies show that 5% of people that utilize patches, pills, gums, lozenges, acupuncture, hypnosis, you name it, 5% remain quit for one year. 5% for a year or longer. 95% of people that quit utilizing those tools go right back to smoking cigarettes. 95%. That is a statistical fact fail. And when you couple in the fact that uh, the e-cigarette came, and I mean, listen, I, I smoked since I was nine. I was nine years old when I had my first cigarette.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I was a pack-a-day smoker by the time I was 12, which is insanity because I've got little kids and I cannot imagine these guys lighting up. Um, and at the same time, they know that vapors, vapor products, e-cigarettes, are not for for just everybody. They are for people that are trying to quit smoking. They get it, you know, I, we've done our jobs as parents and educated them. You know, it's kind of like taking a cholesterol medicine. You know, <laughs> I don't care if you flavor friggin' cholesterol medicine with strawberry to make it go down smoother. Uh, nobody's gonna take cholesterol medicine unless it's being used to reduce their, their, their cholesterol level. <laughs> our kids know that, They're, this is a problem with smoking. This is a tool to help them get off of it. And what's more troubling, Jake? May I call you Jake? Jake, all right? <laughs> It's always Jacob,
0: but you know Uh, It's fine, it's fine Um, Beyond that, beyond all of this Talking now about coronavirus And and mixing that with the new laws, restrictions, and regulations By by the way, I know there's more than just, you know No more blueberry flavored e-liquid I mean, I work in the industry uh, But I know there's more than just, you know, no more menthol what what other laws, restrictions and regulations have been placed on the industry's shoulders in New York that that really hinders our ability to to prosper as an industry?
1: Well, I mean, they've they've taken away online sales. Um, July 1st, that goes into effect. Um, and the reality is, is you know, while I look at. Um, Pages like uh, eBay or, um, you know, Amazon that have sold uh, e-cigarette products, Um, you know, there is no age verification, there is no address verification, there is no uh, postal uh, verification when the post officer, uh, you know, delivers the product. These companies should be stopped. The vapor industry statistically has, uh, I got to go back in my my mental library here, but I believe it was less than 1%. Of vapor stores failed in the sting operations nationwide um, when it come came to serving underage minors. Were at the same time over forty percent fail rate in companies that were not associated directly with the product that just sold it as a byproduct or an extra item in their store. I think Walgreens was cited uh, eighteen hundred times across the country, um, <laughs> which is you know kind of staggering. Um, but for over 40% of all underage purchases are contrived through, uh, you know, the either bodegas, convenience stores, pharmacies. Um, they they don't care. I mean, I don't want to say they don't care, but it's not a big deal to them. It's just another product in their store where people that work in this industry are passionate about it. You know, I mean, I've lost, you know, three of my brothers, a sister and a father because of smoking cigarettes this is passion for me this is all i live for is to help somebody not die but more importantly not just that somebody not dies but that the family members that suffer alongside of the family member who's dying there's nothing more horrific than than watching what the loved ones of these family members go through while they watch their their loved ones deteriorate slowly
0: and and the 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 sorry to cut you off there uh but the the excuse I've been hearing from these PAVE people, uh, from these uh, tobacco tobacco free kids people is that you know we as an industry, I'm not saying this, obviously I, I know otherwise, but as an industry, they're saying that we're aiming towards the use. Um, for me, just working in the industry, most of the people I know that vape are over the age of 30, mostly between the 30 to 40 range. I like to joke and say I, I'd sell old ladies uh blueberry pomegranate flavor all day. You know, and 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 I don't know if you get the same kind of rhetoric. Um what's your take on that and how true is it or untrue is it that you know the majority of vapors are underage or you know over that?
1: Completely false. I mean we have four locations, four brick and mortar locations. Mm -hmm. Um our average age, when we we did our rally back in uh I want to say it was March or April of twenty Eighteen? Was it 2019? No, 2019. And we actually did a poll and and you know added up all the ages of our client base, and our average client worked out to about 33 years old. Um, and you know the vast majority of them were you know uh, between the ages of 30 and 55. Um, we 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 find that most of our clients are middle-aged individuals. That are looking for a way to stop smoking, uh, whether it's their kids that are asking them to quit. They go into a gas station. They, they, there's an e-cigarette, you know, abuse or a jewel and they have no idea. And, you know, the reality is, is there's all different kinds of smokers in the world. There's all different kinds of vapors in the world. When you go into a vapor store and you're talking with you know, a, a support member at the desk, a customer service rep, a sales rep, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. that individual is going to ask you questions that a convenience store clerk is never going to ask you
0: mm-hmm. to
1: better cater what it is that you're going to need to be able to quit, whether it be the nicotine strength, whether it be the flow of the vapor, whether it be a real tight draw, a wide open draw. Um, and look, nine, nine out of ten customers that we have, Start with tobacco flavors. None of them start off with "Hey, I came in here. I want cherry flavor, or, or as Governor Cuomo would say, unicorn poop." Because unicorn <laughs> poop's a big one. Yeah. Uh, nobody's ever come in and said, "Hey, I want to try your unicorn poop."
0: Yeah. They come and in and they say,
1: "I want to quit."
0: That's something that I've I think has been I've been dealing with, and I I think that you know businesses like the ones you own and the one I work for, we try to go with much more conservative uh you know flavors we try to to try to be try to appeal to a a demographic of 35 and older um i know that we have and we've always tried to you know because adults like flavors and i i when i heard mitt romney say that you know kids you know adults don't like flavors and i'm like well may you eat grits and drink water and do nothing else for the rest of your life because adults don't like flavors apparently um and and that that's ridiculous to me and and those excuses, and this is just like I seemingly for me, and I can't make any hardcore accusations because of legal reasons, but seemingly for me, this is this is a way for the governor to curb uh, tax revenue generated by tobacco sales, traditional tobacco sales, uh, you know, basically through a legal contract that they have with the tobacco companies called the Master Settlement Agreement. I'm sure you're very familiar with what that is, and just how baloney that is. Uh, and uh, hey, wait a minute! Wait,
1: Let, let's just talk about that for one yeah, second. Because I think ahead. you just brought up something that's really important here. Mm-hmm. You've got a, a settlement act that was brought about by a lawsuit that awarded the states hundreds of billions of dollars in damages for their constituency from the, the Medicare treatment to the quit smoking treatment. Um, You know, and and I can only speak for the, the counties and the states that I've actually gone line by line and looked at where this money is spent and and how it got used. First and foremost, Big Tobacco never wrote a check for the lawsuit. They never lost the lawsuit and wrote that, that award out. They went around and set up annuities for each and every state in the union and said, we're gonna pay our criminal fines from future sales of a product that's going to kill people. The states knew this. They knew that they were going to have to keep selling cigarettes that kill people in order to get paid For the lawsuit. They just won. Now, think about that for just one second. What person um, in a a vehicular manslaughter case, in an arson, whatever the case may be, that a judge doesn't put a judgment on their property and they liquidate that person? They liquidate them and they take all their money. And then, whatever deficiency there is, they then will take some type of payment plan for the balance. Big tobacco pay pennies pennies on the dollars to start up annuities that would in turn pay the states back by continuing to sell products that kills people. Do people not recognize what's going on there? And at the same time, at the same time, that Master Settlement Act protected those very companies from ever, ever being able to be sued again. So not only do we provide them protection from their wrongs, We continued to sell a product that was killing people, giving people COPD, emphysema, lung cancer, a plethora of of various illnesses that were were, quite blatant. And they didn't pay. They said, we're gonna sell more of it and you're gonna protect us. And and then the states gave all the counties pieces of that annuity. And then the state's counties then in turn went and sold off their portion of the future annuity to companies like Merrill Lynch, Charles Schwab, JP Morgan, to name a few of the big players that came in and bought up all these annuities whose, whose lawyers were really smart. They were much, much smarter than the lawyers that our, our state officials had employed on this. They knew how to write contracts. They knew how to read contracts. And um, guess what? They put in non-performance clauses so that if ever, ever uh, in time in the future, people would slow down or stop smoking, um, that there would be penalties attributed for loss of revenue. So now, not only has our, our our annuities that we should have gotten, you know, were taken in lump sums, of which the lump sums of money that they received weren't used for anything to do with with tobacco harm reduction, weren't used in any way for Medicare expenses or the sick. They were used in like Erie County here. We bought snow plows and salt for the roads. Nearly two hundred two hundred million dollars out of our two hundred and I could be off on this one. It's been a few years since I've looked at the raw numbers, but I think it was 200 and $240 million, $250 million, somewhere in there. But we we got about $200 million, um, and we used all that money to buy new snowplows, which, hey, I live in Buffalo, New York. We definitely need them. But was that what the money was intended for in any way, shape, or form? So the money that we received was abused. The way they're going to collect the future money was abused the penalties that are being applied to the States and to the counties is being abused by the big, big companies. I mean, this entire thing is ass backwards, Jake, ass backwards.
0: Completely backwards. And, and, and especially when you look at, you know, uh, and I, and I hate to say it in the American, I'm not discounting that the American cancer society doesn't do work to fight things like cancer, but when they are advocating against an industry that other you know, health organizations around the world like Health Canada and the Royal College of Physicians are saying, look, this is 95 to 98% safer than smoking. When you have organizations like the American Heart Association, the American Lung Association, the American Cancer Society that are funded through MSA money, arguing against vaping and relatively leaving tobacco alone, not even discussing how dangerous tobacco is, but yet talking just about how, how dangerous vaping is, then I think we have a real problem. Uh, you know, Watching that congressional hearing, and I forget, her last name was Porter, or I forget her name, she spoke very, very well. Um, she made a very good case for the vaping industry, and they just blatantly ignored her. And I don't know if, it, and we got the kind of the same response when we went to go protest the uh, New York State Department of Health back in, what was it, S- September, October, around then? We flyer. Yeah, spoke- the yeah, we spoke for hours. They gave us, they 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 kept reducing the amount of time we had to speak. They they reduced the amount of people who were allowed to speak, and then they cut us out. And they said, and within seconds after everybody said their piece, overwhelmingly uh, opposing the governor's executive order, the hammer came down and they they motioned to ban flavor e liquid. Thank oh. God for people like you for stopping that back then. But uh, you know, it, it, it came around. You really. know,
1: and- this is the real problem is greed and money. And, you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, I still cringe every day because, you know, I'm, I'm the guy with the bullseye on his back. Um, at the end of the day, it's all about greed. It's all about money. It's not about right. And what's wrong. We did a, we, we did a really good job of lobbying and educating our senators in the state. Um, we had gotten the support. Uh, that we needed to block the legislative action that uh, Cuomo had presented in this le- last legislative uh, budget in which he was enabled to ban flavors. Um, we had you know uh, commitments from senators, assemblymen across the state that they were in opposition to this language and that they understood the service that we provided to our community. Um, and then the governor went and pulled a fast one once again where, okay, we we in we, last September we took him to court and a judge ruled that this was an overreach of his power, that it was unconstitutional. Okay, we finally get our injunction fast forward in January uh, and there was there's some you know, hiccups that went through, through the uh, re- initial temporary restraining order that was issued in October, I believe it was October 8th um, or uh, se- the 7th, October 7th, we got a temporary restraining order against enforcement of his decree, his executive order decree, um, but we got our injunction in January, and then on January 15th, January 20th, he he came right out and said he's going to go for a flavor ban. So we, we started lobbying and educating our senators, our assemblymen, once again, explaining to mm-hmm. them what is happening, what our product does, why it's so vital to our communities, to our to their constituents. We got the support we needed, and then the coronavirus hit. Yeah. And the coronavirus stopped about half of our senators and assemblymen from attending the budget hearing. And the governor came up with a whole new decree that anybody that doesn't show up for any reason, their vote will now count as a yes. Mm -hmm. So not only did he completely go against what the constituency wanted, what their legislation wanted, he backdoored us with some, I don't even think it was legal to be honest with you. And I mean, I know we're in some emergency time right now. There's emergency times, call for emergency action. But he utilized this to unilaterally backdoor us and kill our entire industry, 700 businesses, over 5,000 jobs in the state are at stake and 95% of those businesses and those jobs are going to go away. Um, that's just simple truth. And people aren't going to quit you know, vaping. People are going to go to the black market. People are going to go to Uh, black market online sales going across state lines or going to Indian reservations or a plethora of different avenues that people will find ways of getting, which all but by the way, then go around the legitimate companies that are trying to do what is in accordance with the federal government and the the Food and Drug Administration. Um, You know, I mean, we've got a a, a very high, uh, high level lab in which we manufacture our product. Um, sealed room, self-contained uh, environmentals. Uh, air quality is 99.99%. That gets turned over every 15 minutes with every bottle of liquid that is manufactured. Um, that's all going to go away because you're going to go right back to somebody making it in their garage or in their basement and selling it behind some dumpster in some building somewhere. That's what the governor just achieved. He just shut down legitimate businesses, um, and and there will be those that are afraid to take those black market avenues and guess what? I would, I'm would. i not going to say all of them. I'm going to say seven out of 10 will go back to smoking
0: cigarettes. The, the way I like to explain it for those of you who are at home, pro- prohibition does not work. You can look at alcohol, you can look at marijuana, you can look at whatever you'd like to. Prohibition does not work. And essentially, and I think you would agree with me, when you make something illegal, you basically take it out of the regulated market, And you make that product invisible. Now you don't know where it's being sold. You don't know where it's being made. You don't know how it's being made. And now the cops have to go find who is selling this and who is creating it. And now we're spending more money on trying to fix a black market issue when we could have been making money through the regulated sale of a product. It doesn't make any sense. uh, Other countries, other developed countries, this isn't like, they're not third world countries. This is Canada and the UK. They say, uh, you know, a, an undergraduate at any university could do the liquid chromatography himself and figure out that this was much, much safer than smoking. 100%. And once we made that point, and I think, I think you saw this. Once we made that point, once we pounded that into their skulls, once that become virtually undeniable that vaping was better than smoking, the governor even said it back, back in November 9th, 2019. He said, vaping is better than smoking. So what? So what? He didn't care because <laughs> nicotine is a scourge. It is an epidemic. And now we're dealing with a real epidemic. And, you know, I think it's funny that, you know, uh, when 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 we're talking about you know the loss of life, uh, he he has the tendency to overreact and virtually try to just shut down whatever whatever problem was you know trying to cut the, the the head of the snake off, when he really just should have tried to tame and tame the snake and talk to the snake. We're not even the snake. He's the snake. I, I was just gonna say, yeah.
1: snake is. I mean, you want to maybe call us like a, a poodle or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. Well, you know. Uh, I mean, snake, and I'm I'm a, I'm a devout Christian, so you know I think of snakes. My daughter, she's like her her COVID experience has been to deal with this whole yeah. you know, event. She's been taking on new animals and caring for animals, yeah. and and that's helped her. And she asked me if she could get a snake, and I looked at her and said, "No." And she yeah, goes, "Why?" No. Because you read the Bible?
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I, I got a friend that had a snake. Back to coronavirus, though. Uh back to coronavirus. Um with the i think we're hearing now that it's, we're going to have to wait until june 6th what are you guys doing at benevolent e-liquids to try to make ends meet in the meantime i know that you know there is the online outlet for momentarily until that is gone but i i also saw you doing um hand sanitizer are you are you selling that are you donating it what's going on with that All First of I'm, the
1: above we've we've you know, converted our facility from primarily making e-liquid for e-cigarettes, um, and we have switched over to 99.9% of our facilities are making uh, hand sanitizer now, and we're giving it away. We're giving it away to uh, the food pantries here in Western New York, um, law enforcement. Um, we're giving it away. We actually sent uh, the Ohio Vapor Trade Association uh, five cases of it to give to their law enforcement because they they couldn't get any. I mean, they, they, I mean, these are our first responders, the guys that are out there in the street dealing with, um, you know, some of the worst and what people bring to this world um, every day. They're on the front lines and they they can't keep clean. They can't, you know, frisk somebody and, you know, sanitize their hands. I mean, it's not like a, there's a, a washroom with some soap and water next to their police car at every every turn. So um, we've been donating, we've been selling it, you know, we've been trying to, you know, be, Fair um, with the price. I mean, I think we're one of the you know lower priced as far as wholesale goes. Um, we just actually opened up a retail side. It's called uh, Bensani.com, and that is going to give people that are you know in their homes the ability to get a, a quality product. And you know, one of the key things with you know the, the many different businesses over the years that I've been involved with is the two things: take care of people, sell them a product that is better than the rest and exceed their expectations um and you know we're hoping that we've achieved this with our with our sanitizer as well um you know we've got like four different lines including uh, the new sani roller <laughs> i don't know if anybody's seen this yet but you know we, we came up with a a, a very uh, ingenuity uh, based means of applying hand sanitizer which we discovered saves about 50 to 60 percent of your sanitizer from falling on the floor and being wasted um you know but uh yeah we're 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 full-blown in, in the sanitizer business right now which is we would never have dreamed of having to do that but there was a demand and our facilities could provide
0: that's great to hear it's, it's yeah. actually you know I, I, it's kind of ironic that you know the state treated us as it, our industry is heartless and then we have patron saints like yourself creating handset using your facilities to create hand sanitizer really yeah. really showing the true meaning of community and really, you know, showing just how well capitalism works and what happens when you just let people do what they need to do. <laughs> so, I agree. You know, I'll plug it. I'll plug that in there. I'll plug a little bit of politics in there.
1: Well, and, and listen, i got to tell you, and it's kind of funny because you, you bring up a point. You know, my company's name is Benevolent. We give back. We help. We, we're constantly trying to help not just the, the end user of the product, but more importantly, the businesses that, you know, are, are fighting for this. You know, we yeah. give a portion of our profits back to state groups. Uh, to the VTA, to you know, to Safada. I mean, we give to everybody and anybody. And yeah. um, at, at the same time, I can I can see where people are pissed off in the world right now. And yeah. this is why the socialist movement with our young are is moving so fast. And, and you know, Bernie Sanders is you know they're looking for a
0: quick fix. That's what they're looking
1: yeah. for. Yeah. Well, the, the reality is, is your average person is you know uh, people are living paycheck to paycheck we're mm-hmm. we're we're slaves to our credit cards to our debt mm-hmm. um, you know and the idea that saving money and being able to spend money on things we like when when you know somebody's going to pay for our education or pay for our food and i would love to advocate for that but at the sure. end of the day it just this doesn't, doesn't work. work it just no. doesn't work and, no. and 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 somebody's going to always abuse it somebody yeah. at the top will find a way to skim that money and guess what their family will be well taken care of and the guys that are at the bottom of the barrel will be suffering
0: and they're and implementing that in new york state they they, they, they kind Cuomo's of
1: was a full-on communist i don't even know if communist he's more of a fascist but you know um you know i mean this this is where it's where it's going and, and it's the idea that you know look last summer cuomo gave away or was it the summer before it might have been the summer before he gave away like 500 air conditioners to, to families that could not afford air conditioners. Sure. Now that now that's great. I mean, let's mm-hmm. provide them comfort in their home. I'm all for it. It sounds good. But let's nobody thinks beyond the initial action. So you're giving a family uh, an air conditioner. That's a $200 utility, $200 yeah. device, $200, $500. You know, you the various what does that air conditioner cost? They couldn't afford the air conditioner. What does it cost to run that air conditioner? Every month,
0: about two
1: hundred dollars a month. About two hundred dollars a month. If they couldn't afford the air conditioner, how do you give somebody a tool that's now going to jack their energy bill up by two hundred dollars? That doesn't make any sense. Right. Doesn't make any sense. But nobody's thinking through these policies. But it looks real good in the print. It looks real good. It really does.
0: And I like to I like to describe it as this. Imagine that you're hanging out with a friend at 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 a bar, and uh, you give him ten bucks and you say, "Hey, man, buy whatever you want." And then he comes back with a fourteen dollar drink and says, "Hey, you owe the bar- bartender four dollars." And you're like, "I don't have four dollars." He's yeah. like, "Oh man, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I told him that you'd cover me." That's kind of what our governor does. He constantly yeah. does. He he, and it, it's remarkable that he has he has hit a double whammy every single year where he taxes too much and then spends too much and then looks to us for the answer.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, I, there's a, an assemblyman down here in, uh, in my neck of Western New York. His name is Dave DiPietro. Sure. And, uh, you know, he's got a plan to annex New York State up into three new territories.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would never have dreamed 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that that was a good idea. And the more I've mm-hmm. looked into it, the more I go... This actually is not a bad no, idea. It is
0: a good idea. I think it is a very pl- plausible idea. I think there's a lot of kinks that need to be worked out with it.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it'll never but, happen. I mean, I, yeah, they, no. They won't educate people on it and they'll, they they'll won't. demonize it in some way that it's really hurting people. How, however,
0: people. I do think that in, in the grand scheme of things, when we're talking about this, um it's kind of like New York City is a fire, Albany is a fire. And are we gonna argue about how we're gonna how are we gonna argue about how we're gonna put out this fire? Or are we just gonna dump a buck of water on it? And I think that's what dividing New York, I mean it's gonna hurt for the first couple of years, but I think eventually we would we would definitely work out the kinks. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so so I had something I forgot there. Well let's talk let's talk about yeah, we do this all the time. Uh let's talk about um the, the coalition that you're the, uh, the you're the executive director of the coalition for tobacco free America explain to yeah. the viewers what you guys do there and, and what kind of work you guys are doing um, and, and, and just what you guys are all about
1: so coalition was set up to educate people um, you know and it's a nonprofit um, c3 organization um, the entire purpose of it was to be able to educate the public on First and foremost, the dangers of smoking. Um, But we wanted, you know, so many of the organizations and groups have been taking money. I mean, it's like um, Pave, Pave, Tobacco-Free Kids. The people that are running these organizations are getting paid huge money to demonize vapor. and And I don't even think the majority of them know it. This is the sad reality. I don't think that the moms actually understand where the money's coming from, from who it's coming from, and what their agenda is in doing all of this. Um, and there's a lot of pyramids that are set up in that same fashion where you know, nobody knows what they're doing at the top. They're just the blocks holding up the group and you know, waving their arms saying we're good. But coalition was set up to give people the facts, the truth, which you know is there are a plethora of ways to quit smoking cigarettes albeit you can use patches you can use pills you can use gums hypnosis i mean if you check out the page it's uh, cftfa.org um we list out every known way to quit smoking on there and the only thing that really differentiates our organization from the vast majority of them is that we don't take any tobacco control money we're not taking any of the bloomberg money um We are just trying to educate people that this is a possible alternative. And if used the way vapor stores are are set up, I mean, you got to realize the governor just decreed something that is going to basically shut down vapor stores. That's really, vapor is not going to go away.
0: Small businesses. You're going to be
1: able to go into 7-Eleven and get your vapor stick. What he did is basically just shut down our businesses. Our businesses, for the viewers out there that don't understand this we provide a pathway to become nicotine free. All of the big tobacco companies that the governor is protecting right now give no pathway. They've got a medium or low, whatever you wanna call it, and a high level nicotine. Sure. And put it this way, their medium level nicotine in most cases is higher than what 95% of vapor stores nicotine concentrates consist of. Their high nicotine strength is, in some cases, three times, four times higher than the highest level of nicotine that vapor stores carry. But mm. the, the point of this is, is that vapor stores can help people to get down to zero and mm. not just quit smoking, but in, inevitably to get them off of the vapor product, guys. I, I mean, we're the only industry in the, the world that has an exit plan for our own business's demise. And it wasn't through the governor's decree to shut us down now. It was to basically be able to get rid of the the, the the horrible habit and the addiction to nicotine and smoking cigarettes through a device that could give you a pathway to step down from a uh, what is uh, an equivalent to a pack a day or pack and a half a day smoker to where they start off at 18 milligrams and slowly drop down from 1.8% nicotine, being the high level, down to a low level of 3% nicotine or point zero three point yeah zero point three percent nicotine um and ultimately give people the ability then to get on to zero milligram nicotine still use the the device like i do here Mm -hmm. that doesn't have nicotine in it and i can use it as a crutch and if i go on a plane i'm not going oh god i need a cigarette i'm I'm gonna go crazy you know if i go into a movie theater i'm not going crazy because i'm not addicted it's just a habit it's a habit that i have and that's really what. I think the biggest
0: down to it. And I think I think I see that a lot. I don't even have even had customers who, who challenged themselves to go, uh, and I have as well, just a week without vaping. Uh, you know, when you're doing a three milligram and you go down to a zero milligram and you're doing that for a month and then you go a week without vaping. It's almost, you can't tell the difference. It just becomes yeah. something that you enjoy. It just becomes, it's uh, exactly hard, right. you know, and you know, who is, and, and, and many people will argue, well, you're still vaping. You're still breathing something into your lungs. It's still not safe. And we are not arguing that it's safe. No, we are arguing it all. that it is safer. And I think the bigger argument to be made is who are you to tell me where I can find joy? Oh, this is this is a civil this is a civil liberty at, at its core. We, this is our body; we can put whatever we'd like into it, and we're we're adults, and I'm a grown ass man. If I want to vape a Girl Scout Thin cookie, hey, I can't. You you just,
1: you just, you just no. tip the iceberg, baby. Because let me tell you something: it shouldn't just be about what we do put into our bodies or choose to put into our bodies. Our governor is now forcing us to put stuff into our bodies that we disagree with. I personally, and I do not hold it against anybody, people that wanna vaccinate, people that wanna take the 72 plus shots now that we give our children. I mean, I live in Western New York. We're told here not to eat fish out of Lake Erie or Lake Ontario more than a couple of times a year because they contain mercury. Yet we've got vaccinations that, Almost all of them include mercury, and we're injecting them into our babies, into our infants. We're watching uh, alt- autism rates go up. We're watching cancer rates go up. Uh, o- obesity. Today, I just heard uh, 19% of our country, and this is a CDC statistic, 19%, one in five children is clinically obese. Mm-hmm. What is this? And don't tell me it's video games. I'm sorry because sure. my kid when he's playing video games has got the joystick in his hand and is doing like bouncing, jumping up and down, trying to karate chop the next thing. I've never seen a kid move so fast or so quick in my life riding yeah. a bike. Yeah. So, sure. Well, so, you know, uh, but it's I, not just what we choose that we want to put in. It's being forced to put what we don't want to put in.
0: Yeah. It's and a I, double-edged sword. I, I do want to, it doesn't matter whether or not, you know, I, I'm not arguing that vaccines don't cause, uh, don't don't help fight disease. You know that's no. that's a fact. They've been doing that since the 1700s. George Washington 100%. was a pioneer in that, actually. 100. Um, but and but when you look at the the that's what a lot of these people who you know try to shoot down these people who 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 really aren't anti-vaxxers, but hold a skepticism for the companies that sell them. And there are companies that are better than others, but when you look at European vaccinations, they don't have nearly the amount of heavy metals that we have in the United States. They don't have nearly the amount of mercury, like you said. Um, and it, it is just purely speculation at this point because nobody is willing to do the research and and bring that to the table. I do find it ironic, and I, I don't remember which, which company it is. I believe it's Pfizer. But the CEO, I, it, let's just, but I, it's one of those big drunk companies that sell vaccines. Merck. Merck his Merck. his children are not vaccinated. The guy who owns this company, his four or five children, he doesn't vaccinate them. He says that he, he has chosen not to over health concerns. When the guy that's literally selling these vaccines is saying he is not going to vac- his, vaccinate his children over health concerns, that, that's...
1: Ah. Wasn't it just two ago <laughs> back in October that they showed got a fake a fake uh, uh, vaccination a flu shot? It was True fake. That they didn't yeah. even put it in the skin. They they palmed it, so it looked really? like they were doing something. Yeah, this really? was on the news. I think back in October, you know. But he's that. telling the public take this, inject it. It's good for you. And yet they faked it on TV and up close. Some guy with a, a video camera zoomed in and, and mm-hmm. looked at it, and sure enough, he wasn't taking, but he was telling everyone else sure. to take it.
0: Sure. I mean, there's,
1: a, there's there's just little flags, red flags that go up. And, right. and I don't want to go into the vaccine because that's not what this call was about. But no. here's one thing <laughs> that I really have a big problem with. If I go buy a box of Cheerios, I have to have every ingredient listed.
0: Right. We're not allowed to know what's in a vaccine. We get the sure. basics, you know, but yeah. and they, they're, they're not obliged to tell us what's been there pretty much for everything else in the medical industry as well. Uh, Even with, with shopping, you know, uh, this is, this is another thing I I heard. Oh, I love this, this analogy when we, I'm just going to talk about the healthcare system uh, and we're going to go back to vaping here really, really, really quickly. And we got to wrap this up because I know you gotta go. But uh, when we're, when we're talking about uh, you know, the healthcare system, Um, this analogy that was made was we can't see the prices of what these surgeries are. We don't know what we're going to get charged before we go to the hospital. Um, and, and somebody said it would be like going to the grocery store and all the prices are taken off of every single item in the entire store. And then once you get to the register, they're like, that would be $8,000. You are like, well, last week, you know, these, the prices were there and this is a dollar, this is $3. Yeah. But you know. That looks like eight thousand dollars. <laughs> that's kind of what. It, welcome uh, to America, brother. Welcome to the United States of America. Anyway, you. just to, to just to round things out one more time, because I know you got to get out of here. Um, just plug it in. You know what? What out of out of everything that's going on, what is the biggest point you would like to have heard to everybody who's listening uh, Listen. to hundreds of people that watch this?
1: I'm glad you asked me that question and I respect the crap out of what you're doing. And, and if I lived in your district, I'd be voting for you because you're bringing up civil liberties, brother. Mm-hmm. Our liberties are being stricken from us. We have, and, and you know, I just posted something a couple of days ago. Our constitution is written in cursive other than we, the people, we, the people is written out in text, but the rest of that document is written in cursive. And we live in a country where we're taking cursive away from kids in classrooms. Why why don't we want our children to know how to read and write in cursive? Could it be that in 100 years, in 20 years, the next generation, this generation growing up right now isn't gonna be able to even read that document? They won't even know, they're gonna need some guy that can read hieroglyphics to tell them, yeah, it says wash your pantyhose on Tuesday. Who would ever know because they're not being educated. Why would they stop that? Our civil liberties are being stricken from us. We have no freedom of speech. I've touched on some topics during this interview that would lead me to believe that Mark Zuckerberg does not agree with. He can just delete this video. We don't have freedom of speech. They would say that, you know, well, it's a private business and he has that right. But no, it's not at the behest of the business. The behest of the business didn't have any problem with people talking about vaccinations or vapor or any other thing. It was government that said to Mark Zuckerberg, what are you going to do about this? stop people from being able to share their thoughts, their feelings. And Mark Zuckerberg has complied because guess what? He doesn't want his company taken away from him. And I I feel bad for Mark because he's put in a a bad situation there. Our right to bear arms are under attack every day. If you read the Declaration of Independence, which is the document that uh, precursored the Constitution, it gives clear and decisive instructions why we need arms It's not to go hunting. It's not just to protect our our family from the wild pig or the wild bear in our backyard. It's so that when your government tries to infringe upon your God-given constitutional rights, you have a chance, not a guarantee, but a chance to hold your ground against a tyrannical government. They're taking that away. Our right to freedom of religion is being stricken from us. Our freedom of press, that was hijacked years ago, bro. Years ago.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, one, it's completely I, terrifying.
1: I could go on and on and on and every one of these. And if you had taken somebody from 1940, 1950, even 1960, and dropped them into our society today in 2020, they would go, oh, my God, Germany won the war.
0: Yeah. They, they, That's on, what they would say. They would. They, 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 or or Italy or, or Russia or something. And it's, it's – and history is repeating itself. And unfortunately, instead of starting in Germany, instead of starting in Russia or China, it's starting here in America. Yeah, and and China is a big part uh, of that, brother. They China are.
1: is a big part of it because guess they what? Are. all these companies want to do business in China. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do business in China, you've got to you've got to sanction their, their freedom of speech. you got to sanction what you can read and write. you got to sanction recording their conversations and handing it over to their government.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Billions of, no, forget that, trillions of dollars are at stake for all these big businesses that want to yeah. get into business in China. And if they can just relinquish our constitutional rights, well, now it's a one world government.
0: Yeah. China rules. And this is and for anybody watching who is, you know, and I, and I have people who are supporting uh, the campaign who are Republicans, who are Democrats, who are libertarians, fairly just moderate people who just are so worried about their, their rights being taken away from them. Um, I, I, I like to argue the freedom of speech. And I, I started this campaign on the premise that we need to protect our Second Amendment, protect our civil liberties like like vaping and and legalize cannabis, whether you agree with it or not. And, and, and but I never thought that my campaign would turn into something where I am fighting literally for the First Amendment, the, 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 the first thing on that. Constitution. I am fighting for the Constitution. The first thing, the right to speak, the right to, Amen, to go out on the street and assemble. Well, anyways, and that's Vic,
1: why I vote for you, bro. That's exactly why I vote for you, because that is the most important thing in our land.
0: I do agree. It, it, if we don't, don't
1: have that, we're gone. This is why everyone in the world comes mm-hmm. to America. It's not because of the high-rise buildings and everybody having an iPhone. It's yeah. because the guy that doesn't have an iPhone has a chance
0: of yeah. having an iPhone. Because you can shout fire in a crowd at theater. Because if you do, the manager will kick you out and everybody in that theater will think you're an asshole. And nobody's going to go to that theater anymore if the manager doesn't kick you out because you can shut fire in a crowded theater. Thank you very much, Vic. It's been a pleasure. Again, everybody, uh, this is Vic Canestrato. He is the CEO of E eLiquids. He is the executive director for the Coalition for Tobacco-Free America. He is a politically active guy. I've been following him for a while. I actually met you three years ago, uh, two two years ago, when, I, when you first came into the Unique E6 in Liverpool to, to tour the year.
1: Yes, AM. yes, I remember that.
0: Yeah, well, anyway. Um, three years. Everybody, follow Vic. He's an amazing guy. He's got an amazing company. If, if you vape before Flavors are banned, hit him up. All right, guys? Don't give
1: up, guys. Keep don't give up. up. It's Keep not fighting. over. Don't believe it's too late. You can start today. What is God-given in your natural rights? They can be taken from you, but only if you stop, if you give up, if you surrender, it's over. You still (laughs) have a chance, guys. Vote for this guy. He's (laughs) on the right
0: side of history. Trust me. Thank you, Vic. You have a good day. All right, right, everybody. Thank you, sir. Thanks for tuning in. You guys have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.